If you're joining us here in person or if you're online, we're glad that you're here. Uh, if you're on the patio, welcome. This is a great day. Great day. It's Deacon Sunday. Hey, I think it's fair to say that we've um, all been on a roller coaster of expectations um, over the last handful of years. Expectations can be a loaded term, though, can't it? You know, expectations um, raised, some are met, uh, some are exceeded, maybe some are not met, some expectations are lowered. And in these last handful of years, we've gone through so many unexpected things that we've kind of grown used to just expecting the unexpected. But where we stand today, at least from my safety measures, mandates, you know, restrictions on, on travel or, or even gatherings and how many people could be indoor and indoor gatherings, but not now. In many ways, uh, most of those things have been lifted. And because of that, we can have genuine expectations this summer. I have genuine expectations this summer. Uh, one of those is that uh, Sharon and I will celebrate with uh, our last child that is graduating from college. And so I have expectations, great expectations, that I'm not going to receive a college tuition bill ever again. Come on, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Expectations. We can all begin to expect certain things uh, in life. Maybe you have some travel plans that maybe you weren't able to do before. Gathering with family and friends, of course. We're growing to expect these things, which for a long time they were iffy at best. We have great expectations indeed. And I don't think it's a stretch to have expectations in our faith, in our faith life, in our, our faith life together. We can expect a church as we gather together, a, a warm welcome, and, and people we know, and, and people that will encourage us, uh, uh, Sunday school teachers that will strengthen the faith of our children and, and give them tools as they, they move forward, as they grow in their faith. Expectations of children running around in that preschool playground and during the week and having a great time building friendships. We have, we can expect uh, to be challenged by our mission partners uh, through locally and globally and, and through our mission team to support them financially because of the great work that they're doing. Lead us so well. We can expect to be inspired and, and challenged through a morning message with our wonderful preaching team. I'm telling you, Leanna and Jim, they keep the bar raised high. There is no way I can mail it in on a Sunday morning with those two on the preaching team. It's great. I'm so blessed with having them a part of that. We can expect these things. It's Deacon Sunday, so we can certainly expect a wonderful opportunity to, to fellowship afterwards with great food and and time together, and, and to know that our deacons are praying for you and for us. We can expect that if you write down a prayer request on a card before you, or you send one in online, that you can expect that somebody will be praying for you this week. You can expect that. Let me ask you this. What can we expect from God? Think about that for a moment. What can we expect from God? Maybe some of the things that come to your mind might be, well, God will hear my prayers. That God truly loves me. I can expect that. You can expect forgiveness from God. 
We could also, for whatever reason, develop some false expectations about God. Maybe we could expect a life free of anxiety and worry, or, or that this faith is somehow a merit system. And so if you're really, really good, you're, you're, you're going to be rewarded. If you're really, really bad, well, you know, it's not going to be so good. Maybe over time, you or someone you love has grown to expect nothing from God. Perhaps life circumstances, disappointment, loss, grief, whatever the case, the idea that expect anything from God is no longer something to trust. What can we expect with, from God? And as we talk about this with God life and community, what can we expect? The gospel is full of roller coaster expectations. Jesus' betrayal and crucifixion. No political takeover of the land, and then Jesus rose from the dead. That was unexpected. Jesus talks about leaving and the shock that we saw last week in our, our message. Talk about reversal of expectations for the first disciples. Remember last week, we were reminded that Jesus, after the resurrection, after the first Easter, he's with them for a period of about 40 days, and then he's walking with them, he's guiding them, he's teaching them, and throughout that 40 days, as he appears and provides proof, he begins to tell them that he is leaving. He's been telling them all along, in the garden with Mary, and she holds onto his feet, and he says, listen, Mary, I'm leaving I'm going to my God, your God. I'm going to my Father, your Father. Now, has it come as a shock, expectations? It must have felt like they were losing altitude, as we thought about last week. Anxiously, they riddled Jesus with questions. What, do, what are we going to do? Why are you leaving? Why can't you do this? How are we going to handle this? What are we going to do without you here with us? Knowing this, he assures them that, yes, I am leaving, but I will not abandon you. Continue to provide proof that I am alive in your life, the promise of the Holy Spirit, and there's a plan that he gives them, God's kingdom plan. Now, upon hearing this, they follow up with another question to Jesus, and it's rooted in their expectations of what would happen next. The conversation is recorded in Acts chapter 1, as we looked at last week. You know, Acts is written by the same author who wrote the gospel according to Luke. And he writes to a friend. He names him Theophilus. And Theophilus, we learned last week, means lover of God. So this is what he writes. He records this conversation that Jesus has with the apostles, the first apostles. Acts chapter 1. Then the apostles gathered around Jesus and asked him a question. Lord, they said, are you going to give the kingdom back to Israel now? Expectation. He said to them, you should not be concerned about times or dates. The Father has set them by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then you, then you will tell people about me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and you will even tell people about me from one end of the earth to the other. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Everyone in the story, 
Everyone there present, everyone who hears Jesus, every person that hears this story retold, every one of Luke's readers, they all have expectations. They come to this with expectations. Everyone is expecting God to do something. The disciples are expecting God to, and through Jesus, to clothe his friends with royal robes and given the power to lead God's kingdom with crowns and, and pomp and circumstance, distinguishing themselves from the others. We know from the gospel accounts how many times that the disciples came to Jesus, they pulled them aside and said, hey, can I sit on your right hand in the kingdom? Can I, you know? The question is about restoration of Israel, and it's a perfectly reasonable question. The promised Messiah that they have sung about in the, in the Psalms, the, the words of the prophets that they read about, all have promised that a Messiah would come and restore Israel. God will act by sending a Messiah to restore his people. It's not a question of if, it's just when. Likewise, Jesus' bodily resurrection is a source of great hope and expectations for the disciples. Their hope that God would send a Messiah, here he is. He's right here in front of us. For those who know about these things, they, they argue that the disciples' expectations are misplaced. They're expecting Jesus to establish a, a, a political, national kingdom, God's kingdom, much like they had in the past. They, too, have a history book, and they can read about King David and how King David rid the land of all their enemies and Israel was an independent kingdom and the temple was the center of their life together. They were God's people ruled in and through the servant David. The disciples are ready. They're looking at Jesus. We're ready for this. Come on. It's perfect time to act. You've proven your power over death. Jesus doesn't dismiss their question and their eagerness to see God act. But it's not up to them. It's, it's God's timing. But he says to them, this is what you can expect from God. The first thing he says is you can expect God's presence. You can expect God's presence in your life. The Holy Spirit, as Matthew proclaims, Emmanuel, God with us. With God life, that's what we've been talking about, encouraging one another with. Yes, I am with you, says the Lord. Not only are we to seek his presence, we're to seek his presence early in the morning. We're reminded in the psalm. It says this in Psalm 5:3: In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait in expectation. Joshua 1, 1 9 says this: I have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isaiah says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will, be, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The last words recorded of Jesus in the gospel according to Matthew, he says to the disciples, he says, now I'm going to send you. I want you to teach everyone all the things that I've taught you, to obey the commandments that I've given you. 
And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's what Jesus is reminding the disciples here. I will be with you. God's presence in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. God is indeed present with us. And throughout our lives and our daily lives, we get busy, we get the demands, and we carry the, the weight of the world on our shoulders, and we can forget that God is with us every step of the way. That is an encouragement for us to be, to be aware of God's presence in your life. Every step of the way, wherever you are, whether, whatever you face, God is with you. That's what he's reminding the first disciples, the apostles, I, be with you. The second thing that he provides for them is that he provides them purpose in their lives. You know, over the last handful of years, we've been reminded as people, uh, they were working and all of a sudden they couldn't go to work and they had to work remotely. And how many people decided, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this job? And they had a, a time of reflection and really kind of thinking through their purpose, their purpose in life. It's good for all of us to think about those things. God provides purpose for the disciples. Purpose for us all. You see, when God looks upon us, he doesn't look with hesitation, oh boy, what am I going to do with that one? No. He looks beyond limitations, the limitations that we place on ourselves. He sees right through all that, sees the potential. Potential, what can happen? Out of Jeremiah 29, 11, one of our favorite passages, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not to harm, but to give you a future and a hope. You see, he sees them with purpose. He gives them purpose in their lives. He sees them as witnesses. They will reflect God's kingdom in and through their lives. I have a map I want to show you. Maybe you can see it. it it's a map of biblical times of Israel, Palestine area. And you can see there's Jerusalem there kind of in the middle, and then there's Judea down below. And about 25 miles north, there's Samaria. And then, well, the ends of the earth. You know, you think about in the first century what uh, someone in the first century would think. What would the ends of the earth be for them? Maybe the, the entire Roman world, maybe? I don't know. Seems like a tall order, don't you think? There's a lot of real estate there, Jesus. You will go tell others about me. You'll be my witnesses, starting right here in Jerusalem. And then you will go south to Judea. And then you're going to go north a little bit to people that you don't like. And in fact, they don't like you. And then you're going to go to the very ends of the earth. You can imagine the 11 disciples at this point. They're looking at their Google Maps and going, wow, how are we going to do this? But look how Jesus starts out this goal. He says, I want you to begin in Jerusalem, where you are right now. And then I want you to think about maybe further out. I want you to start, though. I want you to start with your family, with your friends, with your neighbors, with where you are right now, your Jerusalem. You ever think of it that way? Where are you? Start there. That's how we are called to be witnesses 
of God's love and grace. We start there first, and then as that develops, we take a little further step out into Judea, and then, dear Lord, even into the areas, be witnesses among those who might not like us or those that we have a hard time with. And Jesus says to them, he says, I am sending you out, and I'm giving you responsibility. There's nothing worse than giving, having responsibility without authority. Anybody who has a job and you're, you're responsible to do that, but you have no authority over that area, that's not fun. But he's giving them responsibility, and he's giving them the authority. And the third thing he provides for them, the expectation, they can expect power. They can expect power, Holy Spirit power in their lives. That word power used, that original word, we also uh, use that word too. It's it's the word dynamite. Now, I I don't have a lot of experience with dynamite, and that's probably a good thing. Um, I have a really good friend when he was a young man. uh, he's, He's a little older than me. He might be in his might be in his 80s, but he was telling me about um, when he was growing up, his dad was a contractor in the excavation business, and they had to, you know, move some territory to make through a canyon for a road or, or a, a building or a bridge or whatever, and this company used dynamite to move things around, and, and one day his dad said, I want you to come to work with me, and they were there, and some guy does this, you know, and a big explosion. And he was relaying this information to me and telling me this story. He says, man, it was so powerful. It's just that feeling of all that power packed into one little stick of dynamite. The power and the potential packed into very small space. In some ways, as we think about that and we imagine the power that God is providing for the first disciples, here's this ragtag group scared, frightened disciples, and you just think about how the world has changed through those disciples. The courage that they found, the way they led their lives, the, church that the churches that they planted, the way God worked in and through them. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine if you don't think that there was power from on high in their lives. Holy Spirit power. The Apostle Paul talks about this power. I see praise for the first century church in Ephesus. I pray that out of his glorious riches, you may be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And he goes on, he says, now to him is able to do far more than we ask or imagine according to his power. Is that at work within us? What can we expect from God? We can expect power through the Holy Spirit. Dear friends, TPC, Tribuco Presbyterian Church, is packed with power. Power that can bring transformation. Power to forgive. Sometimes there are things that have happened in our lives, and we wonder, how on earth are we able to forgive? How can we forgive that? The only way you're going to be able to do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Power to trust, going through a storm. Power to trust the impact. Power to trust the impact of what our congregation has in this community. 
in this world. That's the power God provides for the church. And we see that dynamic power displayed in so many different ways through our ministries. And one is, that's being highlighted today is our deacon ministry. And I have a friend who is a witness to this power, the power that has given our deacons the strength to care and to pray and to carry on the way they do. And so I want to invite my friend Derek Crumb forward. He's going to share with us a bit about God's power. Thank you, Matthew. You know, we expect great music. <laughs> Morning, Derek. Morning. Great to see you. Hey, you know, you might know Derek. Uh, he's a new member, he and his wife, his family. Jamie works here uh, with the Family Ministries, and we're so blessed by you and your family. You're a good friend and encouragement. We talk truck language together. I drive a truck, so does he. So we have this thing about trucks. You know, we talk. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm trying to get them laughing, man. <laughs> it's working. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for agreeing to be a part of this this morning. Of course. Tell us a little bit about um, yourself. Who are you? Uh, so, yeah, my name is Derek. Uh, my wife is Jamie, so she works here in the uh, children's ministry. Uh, we live here in Rancho Santa Margarita. So we've been coming here for almost a year now, I think. And... Do you have any kids? I have three kids. I have an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. Man, that's awesome. I put you on the spot like yeah. that. And you, wow, what a dad. That's yeah. good. I couldn't remember my kids' ages. That's great. Just don't ask me their names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good job. <laughs> oh, man. So what happened? You know, the deacons came alongside you in an important time, and I don't think the congregation knows, and I think it'd be great for them to hear about it. Okay. Um, so on uh, December 24th, uh, I was uh, on my way, uh, heading out the door to work, and I uh, fell down the stairs and ended up uh, fracturing my lower back. Um, so unfortunately, we had a trip to Denver, we had to cancel, and uh, kind of bummed. I had a, um, a whole back brace thing on for about two months. Um, but during that time, uh, you know, we were still kind of new here, you know, I didn't really know any of the deacons. Uh, my wife did, because she worked here, but... Um, some of them came along and they just, uh, they brought us meals, um, you know, and, and it was just really helpful, you know, because I wasn't able to do much. Um, and Jamie was doing a lot, picking up what I couldn't do. So um, just have people that, you know, we didn't, I didn't even really know that would come, bring us food. They even brought a dessert for the kids and stuff. So it was, it was a really helpful time. <clears throat> Seems like a little thing, just a meal or two, but I... I... And maybe you can attest to this, but I, I'm, I'm guessing that it brought some assurance. Yeah. And it was, you know, just, like I said, people I didn't know that, you know, came together and, and just supported us and kind of felt like a family that, you yeah. know, it was, it was nice. Well, this is a living witness of our deacon ministry and uh, people who have step aside and step in and help and provide uh, assistance in the middle of, of crisis. And this is just one glimpse of it, dear friends, of how our congregation continues to to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work that God has called us to. And so we're thankful for you and your family. And I think one of your kids, are they in the preschool? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, uh, yeah. man. That is awesome. So, 
Well, Derek, thank you for sharing with us this morning. Hey, friends, you know, we uh, support our deacon ministry, and it, as a Deacon Sunday, we have a special envelope. If you would like to give the deacons today, I want to encourage that, but also in a larger sense, um, it's a reminder of the ministries that God has called us into, and we support those ministries with our time and our talent and our, financi our financial resources. So I want to encourage you to continue to give with strength uh, as we uh, continue to, to meet uh, the the uh, mission God has called us to, inviting all people to build an active relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, allow me to pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that empowers and strengthens us. We thank you for this testimony of our deacons and, and Derek's life and, and the Crum family, and we pray that you continue to bless them. And thank you for healing for Derek and, and that he is able to continue on and, and to provide for his family. And, and thank you for his, uh, his love and care here at, at TPC. God, we thank you that you are present with us and that you are reminding us that in your presence that we have purpose. We have purpose in you and that you strengthen us in our purpose and that through that you don't give us a purpose without the ability to achieve those things. You give us power through your Holy Spirit. We thank you, God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.